Welcome to Bat Therapy, psychology of Batman, superheroes, and other comic book characters. Be a fly on the wall or a bat in the cave, listening in on a friendship built out of a love for talking Batman, comics, and the everyday struggle to achieve mental health and happiness. We are your hosts, clinical psychologist Dr. Amelia Brown and educator and comic aficionado Keaton Hopkins. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube and social media and find our Patreon at patreon.com slash therapy. This podcast is about providing education and understanding and is not a replacement for mental health treatment or support. If you're needing help, go to bat-therapy.com for resources. Who's going to do it? You have failed this city. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Arrow. (laughs) How I love Today, yes, today I am super excited to be talking about a rich billionaire and his black driver. Oh my god, okay, so (laughs) I have to say it, and I'm sure you noticed because I noticed, (laughs) he noticed. Oh my god, so okay, I think this show came out right when they were getting better about diversifying cast, but they didn't understand the nuances yet so i swear every single white main character had a black sidekick every single one <laughs> every single one yeah even felicity got one like what's oh, his yeah, that one just takes a while uh, mr terrific comes yeah. in who's like his own yep. superhero yep. in and of itself oh, oh gosh it's so like, yeah because laurel I'm has like, a oh, black best a black friend yes. in the in the law Oh no. I was like, oh my god, I don't remember this. At least Detective Lance's boss is black. His boss <laughs> is black. It's like, hey, there we go. There's one. Uh, so many. But, so many. But also, I just so this show is a lot of fun because it was it came right off the heels of Smallville. Like Smallville ended, and I swear Arrow started like maybe a year or two. Later. Oh, I didn't realize it, it was that quick of a secession. I think they were just, I think because error, I think. I mean, Smallville lasted a long time. So that yeah, Smallville, sense. well, Smallville ended 2015. Smallville wow. ended 2015. So I think Arrow was like right there with it to the point that a lot of people were shocked that they didn't, um, they didn't cast the same guy as oh, sure. Arrow. And they kind of did a, a grittier darker more batman-esque reboot um yeah so so here's the thing i love arrow why do i love arrow he is almost batman he's basically batman they even (laughs) oh my gosh they they bring in what ra's al ghul season two yes and the lazarus the whole thing later on felicity she's essentially oracle i mean it's yeah yeah, oh, yeah, he's they essentially have a, Batman, and that's they have why I Team love him. Arrow, Team Arrow, and it's just <laughs> the show itself is just really funny because uh, Oliver is going around as the Green Arrow, and yep. everyone's trying to figure out who he is. Meanwhile, his sidekick John Diggle is running around no mask whatsoever, being constantly called both John and Diggle loudly in every scene. And it's like, I wonder who Green Arrow could be. Like, <laughs> I mean, so even good. without Diggle there, 
which we'll have to talk about Diggle because he is such an important part of the whole hero thing. <laughs> I, love him. That, I love him. But I love him. I love Diggle so much. He's the, really the only character who <laughs> I love the, the entire time. But yeah. Um, I mean, the, the timing with the arrow is so, the hood, I guess, in the beginning is so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, you know, he tries to play it off a different, but like so many times it's, it, you just think, really, really? Come on. Come yeah, on, everybody. It's, he's so bad at pretending to not be Green Arrow, too. Like, he, every time you see him, it's like, oh, it's Playboy Oliver, Oliver Queen. What's he doing? Frowning and staring off into the distance. Like, like every, <laughs> single, every single time. It's, he's so, not, he does not so, do the Bruce Wayne persona well at all. <laughs> So let me tell you, Bill, you know, so my husband, for anyone who's forgetting, Bill, the tech wizard behind the podcast, I'm watching Arrow and I'm- He's our Felicity. <laughs> yeah, he's our Felicity. <laughs> he, I'm like halfway through the season. He starts asking me like really basic questions about what's going on. And I turn to him and I go, I'm sorry. This, this man has watched all of those- terrible marvel shows yeah that no one watches he has not seen arrow he's barely seen any flash so needless to say i i turned him and i went you have failed this podcast Good. i was like Good. how dare you this is this is a dc podcast with marvel sides yeah the, it's, the it's, entree it's appalling the entree is dc and sometimes we have Marvel mashed potatoes or Marvel green beans, but yeah. never Marvel steak. Um, I know. I was appalled. I was appalled. He has seen more of it now, obviously, um, as he was there as I did my homework. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's so funny because uh, Arrow has a special place in my heart because it did do the superhero show very well one thing that i had not gotten used to when i went back and rewatched it though was just the long seasons it's like 23 episode seasons and i've gotten so used to disney's six episode miniseries Uh that goes too that's too fast-paced and not (laughs) and like oh i'll watch it in the morning the whole show i'll watch it in the morning and and then i'll eat lunch right yeah so these are so long. If any, if anyone hasn't watched these in a while, like yeah, it is so. These seasons are so long. It takes forever to get through. And also, I agree that Disney is too short. Like, why can't we do like twelve episode seasons? I feel like that is perfectly respectable. And what makes Arrow longer too is they keep doing flashbacks to <laughs> what he was doing on the island to the point that it gets ridiculous because they're still doing island flashbacks and we're in like season five and at this point he's not even on the he's not even on the island anymore apparently instead of being on the island he spent some time in the suicide squad uh he he fought people in fighting pits in russia like he did literally everything and Except then, stay on the island. Right, right. <laughs> he got off the island and he was like, nah, I don't want to see my family. I got to go to Russia and drink this vodka real quick. And so, the vodka might be poisoned, though. And then I got to fight this guy. 
Like it's <laughs> it's it's it, such it an adventure. Ridiculous. It's it such an ridiculous. adventure. So I agree with you that things the first few seasons I love, I don't think I've seen the last few seasons. So I, yeah. I totally am with you with that. And I actually, I loved what they did with this season one. I thought it was such a cool way to try and tie psychologically what's going on with him between the present and the past and how they did these flashbacks. They almost did it sometimes they made it seem like literal flashbacks where he's like kind of reliving things or um, they had these really cool ties to his memories where they kind of sometimes play with this idea of like, Hey, is he having some trauma responses that he's struggling with? And I found that to be so, so cool. And I agree with you that at a certain point after a few seasons, things got ridiculous. The Arrow show is so much better than Green Arrow in the comics. Green Arrow in the comics is actually, it it seems like he's actually closer to who Bruce Wayne pretends to be. Like, he Mm. constantly cheats on Black Canary. He has kids running around out there that he's like, oh, wow, I didn't know I got you pregnant. Like, he's just like, he's a skeevy guy. I didn't know about that part. Yeah, he's not, he is not the best. Uh, But my wife, Colleen, she's like a huge, she, like, Green Arrow was one of the first comics that she really got into. And so she knows a lot about him. And then she also knows a lot about, like, Birds of Prey, which that's where uh, uh, Black Canary comes in and, like, all of, like I, there's some time there's some I, I I feel like I remember one storyline where Green Arrow like cheats at the wedding reception like he's like yeah. <laughs> he's like he's cringy he's not <laughs> like so yeah. I I didn't know those bits I've seen like on Justice League and Justice League Unlimited he's I, great I, in I that like, I love him in that it I totally agree he's got this vibe like that Bruce Wayne persona. Um, I I love his wit. I love how he doesn't take things seriously, but also kind of cuts through the the shit really yeah. um with stuff. And and I remember there's there were some storylines with that too where he he's one of the catalysts in terms of um you know, questioning how far do you let superheroes superhero? Yeah. yeah. So there was some super cool stuff with him there. And then I liked his character too in Injustice, which I felt was a similar mm-hmm. character. So I didn't know about the skeezy side. That's a bit on. Yeah, and I think they I think he's definitely gotten better in the comics now, but past Green Arrow, it's like, dude, stop. Like I, I do enjoy the fact that you just saved those people's life and that you're a pretty good crime fighter, but like, stop cheating on your wife. Like, can you, can we not have that as your flaw? Like, that's kind of... so arguably, though, it's that's not a bad way to go in terms of writing characters more realistically because we that's do fair. want our I we want our heroes looking nice, slick, and pretty. But just because you're good at saving people, doesn't mean you're good at being a faithful spouse or partner. That's true. 
And Batman's only faithful to Gotham City. Like, Batman is different. He's like, like, if I'm cheating on you, it's because I just got to go beat up the Joker. I'm sorry I missed our anniversary. I had, I, he showed up. He had that question mark on his chest. He asked me questions. What was I supposed to do? Yep. If he's ditching you, he's ditching you for (laughs) I had to break his legs and throw him in prison (laughs) after I answered his riddle. Now we can celebrate our anniversary. (laughs) Exactly. You know, if if he he's not he's just not going to commit to you, <laughs> right? But it sounds like Green Arrow maybe commits a little too yeah. much more more than he can handle. But yeah, I mean, like it's kind of realistic. It's funny because we'll think, oh, this person is has such a great character to them. They must be a wonderful human being because they shoot bad guys with arrows and do all this stuff. Well, but actually, those two things are pretty separate. And they set Arrow up this way, too, because you're thinking to yourself, like, okay, he's he's dating Laurel, Laurel Lance, uh, and then he goes off on a on a a on his yacht with his dad and another woman. And it's like, oh, wow, he's cheating with yeah, on, he's cheating on how terrible. And then it gets worse yeah. because it's like, Just who's he cheating with? Wait. Her sister. I'm like, oh no. Dude, that's the we... green arrow that I remember. <laughs> and can we talk about the incestuousness of all of this stuff? Okay. So he's dating Laurel. Then he cheats on her on his yacht. He doesn't go like have dinner or even just sleep with her sister. He takes her on a trip in the ocean. Yeah. Like, they end up on a random island somewhere no one can find him. So they go far out into the ocean on this yacht with her sister. Yeah. He comes back. She's hooking up with his best friend. Oh, okay, yeah. He's dead, but still. So Laurel is hooking up with his best friend. Which I don't fault her tra- for. <laughs> no, I don't fault her for But then he tries to get back with her, and then he doesn't. And then he tries to get back with her, and then he, and so he ping-pongs her around. She's finally done being ping-ponged, but too bad his best friend's dead now. Oh, and now her sister's back, so he's got to and hook up with her again. Up with oh her my god! And the entire time, Felicity's like, "I wish he'd be with me," and I'm like, "But you can do so much better." Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like she she dated like Felicity dated Barry for a little bit, then she dated Ray Palmer for a little bit, and I'm like, both of Ray them Palmer are better. Was, yeah, Ray Palmer was perfect for her. Yeah. I was like, both of them are better. But it's and it's so funny watching it because they do these little things. Cause this is also a show like when product placement started wow. being really big in shows. And so they do these really funny things where for no reason at all, it's like, oh, let me check traffic reports with this brand new Microsoft tablet. <laughs> or or and, and it'll get even dumber. It'll be like something like Task Force X. Is that a super secret government agency? Oh wow. I found everything about them on Bing. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like did you, <laughs> I guess it's not that much of a secret then. You can just Oh wow, it's a good thing Bing is such a great search engine that you found everything you needed to know about and the also, Suicide Squad. <laughs> hey, I think the least realistic part of that is it, you'd find it with Bing. Everybody's right. using Google. Come Everyone's on, everyone's using Google. Right? <laughs> That's what made it even more unbelievable. Like no one uses Bing. Stop it. Yeah, please. Stop it. Like, oh, you have like you're in a room surrounded by like all these high-end computers 
and giant screens and information. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this tablet, though. (laughs) (laughs) I, I love when Felicity, yeah, she goes and she has, they like have to sneak her into a building so she can directly hack in. But then she uses one of those like flimsy little, yeah, it's like the screen and then the flimsy little keyboard. And I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's like, let me roll this keyboard out real quick and show you all the features of it. Also, I know you have to sneak me into this top secret government facility, but let me make sure I'm in all of my designer clothing and high heels to make it extra (laughs) difficult to get from point A to point B. Like they Now, (laughs) in her defense, in that scenario, she had the the big belly burger or whatever it's called outfit on. So I don't know what the shoes looked like, but <laughs> at least the rest of her was comfy. <laughs> but, but it's so funny because they constantly catch themselves in the tropes that you expect. Because they introduce Felicity as like, oh, here are these w- these chicks that are like badass. And here's Felicity, who is kind of nerdy and immediately the entire audience is like no she's the badass but like no one around them see it the way that we see it because we're automatically like she's the best one like wow what would they do without her and it's like and but everyone's constantly make a big deal well laurel was in court today and look and 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 sarah's back and and she's beating people up and grunting and all the and it's just they they do they <laughs> do these things where they make um it's like they try and make an island out of the super cool nerdy character that everyone will love mm. instead of it being like just 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 do it just let her be like <laughs> let her be right let her be the center of attention because this angst is a little bit too much and because it felt it really did have like a soap opera feel to it because it's like laurel and she's angry because her sister's alive now and 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 oliver is alive but she's mad at them now for cheating even though it was five years ago but she still has feelings for oliver and that's still her sister and their dad is an alcoholic because literally every reason to be like he like they (laughs) they don't don't let him win yeah drinking you get it yeah yeah actually i think this is a really he's one of those really great examples that i feel like humanizes the whole situation where you I, i i love that you get to see his character kind of travel through his his drinking issues and i feel um, that, bad yeah I, I i think yeah you i mean he, and i feel like half of, half of his issues even after his he finds out his daughters are alive half of his issues is because literally everyone around him is gaslighting him that oliver isn't the green arrow <laughs> <laughs> oh no you're right <laughs> so yeah. bad his daughters oliver like literally everyone he was like wait that was oliver wearing the green arrow costume they're like that wasn't oliver why would oliver be doing that look there he is there's no one over there you just missed oliver he was over there i don't know <laughs> like, like they're constantly just, he's like i'm not okay i'm not like, <laughs> okay okay 
let's let's focus. We can do this. <laughs> I do want to make sure we talk about something serious here. Okay. So the fact that also he like murders a bunch of people. Oh my god. Frank so, Castle Queen. He's, he, yeah. Yeah. He's so Frank Castle when he starts off. Uh, that I think is and actually I is that how your run of the mill Green Arrow, do you know? Is that is that part of the storyline? Okay, I didn't think nope. so. It's never so that's more nope. unique to the show. It is. It definitely is. Cause and it's funny because like he does this, they they do this odd thing where, and it's something that I think a lot of people do, they put their parents up on a pedestal and then <laughs> very quickly throughout the show you find out that both of Oliver's parents are terrible. Um, terrible. Yeah, they're absolutely terrible. But it's funny because Oliver's whole, the whole plot of the first season is him finding out, oh, my dad wasn't a great guy. And look, he put all of his friends who also weren't great people in a book. Guess I got to kill them all. And his dad never once said, hey, Oliver, take this book, kill everyone in this- it. This is your murder list. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> he never said that. He was like, look, I failed this city and the following people could probably do better. And Oliver's like, I know what to do, Dad. Don't you worry. I got this. That's a good knuckle pop. <laughs> yeah. It, it is very interesting. So, like, you have this super rich kid who who never had to deal with his own consequences. Mommy and daddy were bailing him out of everything. And and you see kind of the same thing happening with his sister. So it's interesting how he kind of comes into to play with that. But they essentially take away a lot of consequences for actions and and you kind of get the sense that he's not really building up many responsibilities so a a kid that's pretty far removed probably from a lot of struggles and then wham all of a sudden he goes through this big traumatic thing the yacht happens his dad literally shoots someone and himself in front of him so that oliver can survive then he gets on an island that seems bad enough and then there are all these people he has to deal with and all of a sudden you can't trust anybody. Yeah. There's deception, manipulation, a lot of like torture, all of these different things happening where he literally has to find ways to survive where if you're going to if you're going to live it's it's a kill or be killed kind of scenario in a lot of right. ways. And with all of this too, here his dad has like dropped this bomb on him that we both agree is a little ridiculous that he took it yeah. to such extremes. How did he even know what the hell he was looking at? But anyway, yeah. it's a show. This is book. Um, I'm like, that's a phone book. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is that I could see. That I think they did as good of a job as you can. You got to use your like your comic book lenses, I think, to read to to read through it. But it makes sense to me that. All, all of this stuff kind of culminates together that his moral outlook and, and the system he uses for right and wrong and how you respond and how you problem solve would become so skewed that he literally says, oh, here are these huge failures. These people are terrible, i.e. kill them if they don't change. Right. 
And the thing that's funny, the thing that's so interesting about it, the only thing that doesn't work for the show is that they keep doing these flashbacks to the island and you're thinking, oh, this is why he's the way he is. But they keep showing him learn all of these life lessons. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. on the island, you got to learn to trust people. And then, oh, now he's working for Amanda Waller. And now he's in Hong Kong. And now he's in Russia. And so he becomes this really good, well-rounded character throughout all of these five seasons worth of flashbacks. And then the moment he comes back, he's like, no, I've learned nothing. I'm going to go back to killing people. Like, and <laughs> like, wait a minute. Wait, what, what happened to your character development, sir? I think, I think what's weird, too, is that so Diggle and Felicity are really interesting counterpoints for him to kind of bounce him off of because you're following his character and so you're you're down for it, right? You're riding this Robin Hood wave. We're post theoretically COVID pandemic. We're all for killing off terrible people. I mean, like at this point, it's in, this in a point. fictional world like this. It's it a was pre-COVID cathartic. though. It was pre-COVID. No, so. I'm talking about watching it now. Oh, watching, <laughs> watching it now. It now it's like, no, slightly you did fail this in some city. ways. It, since it's fic- <laughs> yeah, it's like, eh, you did uh, okay. This city. You can be vaccinated. Like what? Like, come but, on. <laughs> then, please people know, I don't condone killing people. I'm making jokes. Please don't let's not let I'm talking about a comic book show I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) but then you have these counterpoints which I think are really helpful to kind of remind you of the real world because we're watching this fictional character in this fictional world and we're like yeah and then Diggle's like um I've actually done war and this that and the other and here's how what you're doing is off And then you have Felicity, who is not on board, but she's around because she wants to essentially find his his stepdad, who she was had been helping with stuff. So, but it's weird because even they get a little skewed being around him, and and in some ways, I think they start. I I don't know if I would say condoning, but it's funny how you can be around something enough that it kind of normalizes for you, and so it seems like. They're bothered. They tell him they're only going to help so much because of the killing. And then they start helping more. It's like the foot in the door, you know, with like, you know, salespeople. It's like over time, they seem to acclimate to it a bit. And they do kind of a good job in the later and in the later episodes in that first season of he only killed him because he was going to shoot him first. Like he, they did mm. kind of start he, shifting it because before. And it, and it was more of a, well, I only kill them if there's no other option. Right. Because before he was just walking up to him and it's like, you failed this city. Yeah. Three bows in the chest. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't, yeah. he didn't dial it back until a worse Ooh. archer came around. <laughs> he was like, oh, right. that what people think yeah. I do. And it's like, that's exactly what you do. <laughs> that's actually a great point. I think you're right that that, that is a, a big turning point for him in a lot of that. And they, they show a bit of the turning point in Diggle kind of, I think I love Diggle's character. I was oh, mentioning him before. Great. He really, he helps process through some things. He honestly, I think, turns into a, a, a better vigilante slash hero over time. Um, But he kind of helps Oliver with processing through that first match because he gets so 
thrown off because on mm-hmm. the island it was just like you're acting, you're reacting. But now mm-hmm. he's in a place where he can sit and think. He's reconnecting to people. He's got more of a life. And so it really throws him off his game when this other arrow comes along or this other archer comes along. And I think you're right. I think it when he's able to come back out of that and reconnect to doing his work, it changes him because he essentially is seeing a, a reflection of himself and he did not like it. And they do such an interesting job with him too, because like in other superhero shows, I feel like you see them interact with a lot more people. With Barry Allen, you're constantly seeing him talk with people at the police station. Then you're constantly Mm -hmm. seeing him talk to all the different people with Team Flash. But one thing they never really do a lot of times in these superhero shows is just give them regular friends to hang out with right they and you don't really see that with oliver at all he gets off the island he has tommy his best friend he has laurel his ex-girlfriend and then he has his family members his stepdad uh walter also cool um yeah i like walter the he's black of course the mo- wow you know, they really wow that, wow i didn't even think <laughs> the mom even, count him. Didn't even think about that like <laughs> damn, damn. yeah because before he was the mom's new husband he was the dad's best friend <laughs> oh my god so incestuous is this the most incestuous show no game of thrones oh no you're right yeah. this is a close second <laughs> no not a not <laughs> no, even no not I don't even. know. We, it keeps getting worse. They're actually related. And it's like, ugh. Oh, this yeah, is really. more just soap opera type Riverdale energy. <laughs> but like... Okay, so Flash gets closer is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Since they were adopted siblings. <laughs> That's... Okay, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I get... Yeah, wow. They do that. Is that a trope? Arrowverse. Wow, they really point in one direction. Mm-hmm. Um... Mm-hmm. But yeah, what was I saying? Yeah, so you you don't see Oliver interact with regular people at all. Mm-hmm. It's either people that have been missing him or people that despise him and nothing and yeah. nothing really in between. And one character that really sticks out on this show that I really feel for is his younger sister, Thea. Yeah, because and one thing that I, I I really cannot stand with Oliver is he's so judgmental when he comes back. It's like, oh yeah, I've been gone for five years. You thought I was dead. Our dad is dead. And as soon as you see her like just like drinking a beer, you're like, what are you doing? What what is this? Like, bro, you've been dead for five years. Not to mention, do you remember what he was like before that? Right. Right. Like, it wasn't like he was out here being the saintly, wonderful big brother. Like, he was... Uh. (laughs) And all of a sudden, he comes back, and she's older and dealing with things the best way that she can. She really is She actually... Yeah, her character's really cool, too. And one of the things I like about this show, I know, really, we're just focusing on season one because it took 30 years just to watch that season. Seriously. (laughs) So long. So long. Um, 
It was so the flashback. Long. It was the flashbacks. It made it five times longer. I might have fast forwarded through some of those. But anyway, <laughs> um, so I well, actually, one of the things I love about this show is so many different characters have their own like, you know, heroes in training, essentially storyline. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got Diggle, you've got Felicity, Thea goes through her own. Uh, not to mention you've got Roy Harper already in season one of this yeah. too. Um, be- becoming quickly very hyper focused on Arrow, and understandably so because it's his neighborhood that is always getting hit, and he wa- you know so it, yeah. I feel really bad for Thea, and she has some really cool um progression over the show that you know maybe in another episode we can talk about. But um, yeah. yeah, I I feel bad for her too, and and it is interesting because Oliver. He wants he wants people to accept some very huge changes in himself. And yeah. yet he is, in most, if not all cases, the first to judge and to react and to actually yeah. implant himself into situations that aren't really his, that he kind of steps into and um, essentially puts in his two cents or um, manipulates the situation in some way. And and part of that also might have to do with the fact of like with the island. I mean, he was having to pay attention to all the different things and mm-hmm. tracking so much. It's probably really hard, just like I mean, it's you know, a different scenario, but Diggle in some ways compares things to combat. It, it's Absolutely. a shift and a change coming back. And I think that's some of the struggle and and the what's coming off as judgmental from him. I think he's also responding to things he sees in the right. way he would respond, at least in some ways, like like he was on the island. And then That's that true. comes off as a lot of judgment. I think Thea does an excellent job of getting through to him in different ways of pointing out that he is judging her and he is leaping to action on things that um, are not really his to control. Um, and... And I, I love seeing that it, I mean, it takes them a while, understandably, but I love seeing them just keep coming back to each other. And you're right. He has people who really care, who mm-hmm. really missed him. But of course they miss someone who's not there anymore. Or he has people who despise him, who literally are like, I wish you died. Um, yeah. But what's really cool is he has people in his life that keep being there and keep coming back because it's mm-hmm. such a tricky situation that they're all in yeah. you can just tell even though his parents this is another example even though his parents were terrible people when it right. came to the city they actually in some ways seem like they were very caring loving parents who were very connected right. to their children which is something i always love seeing i think i brought it up when we did the uh shang chi issue like how it's like yeah uh someone can be a terrible parent but still actually love their kids. And it's it's yeah. one of those things that happens in this multiple times because you see um uh Malcolm Merlin, he loves Tommy. Oh, yeah. And then later on you find out he also loves Thea because Thea's actually his daughter and like <laughs> you incest. Oh god, there it is again. Um and yeah, you oh, see man. And in season 1 at one point Thea thinks that uh tommy merlin's into her can you imagine if they had well oh. <laughs> and 
And it wouldn't have been their fault. They just need to meet like on it. And I think one of the, one of the big thing morals of season one is don't be afraid to go out and meet new circles of people. Go make friends, Mm. go make friends outside your house, away from your company. Maybe, maybe make friends at church. Maybe not church. I don't know. Maybe you you could have one or two friends at church, but don't get like weird about it. Um, yeah. And but like, see, I mean, that's what, to, to his credit, Oliver did that. He said, "Hey, Felicity, can you check out this bullet-ridden laptop for me? I dropped it on the floor. That's where the holes came from." <laughs> excuses are so bad. I got a friend of mine, and we're doing a scavenger hunt, but he's cheating oh, yeah. using his government, his friends at the government's super secret decryption key. So I'm gonna cheat and have you help me. And I'll give you a bottle of wine if you can, if you can <laughs> open it for me. <laughs> or, or the one where he takes the uh, drug, the street drug and he's like, hey, can you figure out this hangover cure for me? <laughs> like, Why I, is it in a syringe? It was, I didn't yes. have a container on. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I remember watching Batman Begins and being like, wow, Bruce is really bad at lying to Lucius Fox. Oliver Queen is so much worse. Bruce is like, oh, let me have this high-tech suit. I'm uh, spelunking. And it's like, well, that sounds pretty unbelievable, but okay. But that's just worse. It's like, oh, here's this thing. It's in a syringe. I didn't have it. I didn't have a cup to put it in. So here, (laughs) what on earth? So funny. <laughs> so unhinged. So I love it. So bad. I love it. But um, one thing I do also love is when Oliver comes back, and I can't remember who says it, but they talk about how the Oliver that we knew might not the be the one that came off that island. It was a really, and I really liked that quote because basically it's showing how like listen traumatic experiences can have a permanent change on someone Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's not one of those things where you you get to this sweet spot where you're like i'm past it no Mm -hmm. it's a constant cycle it's a constant change you know i remember i was in a uh i was in a a car accident uh last year and i remember even though it was not like a major car accident it was but it was enough that jolted me that even now when i drive i'm a little bit a little bit just the tiniest bit skittish Mm. on the road even now because of that accident right and i'm thinking about that like as something honestly pretty small compared to some of the things that people oh, yeah. actually go through and it's it's so disheartening whenever you think about somebody and they're like oh i wish they'd just get over that and you're thinking but that's not something that's just easy to get over as a matter of fact yep. they might not ever get over it right and so i think that's one of the things that i think can be particularly tricky is is what is it to get over something and i think that if you're looking at something from the point of view of we want it to be as if that thing never happened. There are plenty of people that are not going to get to that point where they recover in a way where it's almost like you wipe you wiped the slate clean. And if you think about it, that kind of makes sense. I mean, our brains are meant to store information and in particular, very important information 
you really want to hold on to that. And so if there's mm-hmm. something very intense that's happened, especially if it's life-threatening in some way, traumatic in some way, your your brain's going to want to help you out and maneuver right. those things. And, and so unfortunately, sometimes that doesn't work out. In a, sometimes we need support to kind of find a way through, but it makes mm-hmm. sense if your brain adjusts and shifts things from there to integrate that information. Now, yeah. Sometimes the integration doesn't go smoothly, And that's where things like, you know, we've got a number of different evidence-based treatments for trauma that can be really helpful for how do we process through so that the brain doesn't get stuck. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it starts treating, you know, let's say, okay, you talked about that car accident. Well, let's say that anytime you got in a car, your brain was responding as if you were like milliseconds from an accident. Well, that's actually going to make things worse for you in a lot of ways. You're not going to want to drive. You're going to be more likely to get in other accidents because you're on too high of alert. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the brain gets kind of stuck in that trauma mode and there are treatments to help kind of move through. But you're right. You know, in a lot of ways, that recovery isn't necessarily, hey, it's like nothing ever happened, but more of a, hey, that happened and... I can still drive my car and I can go and, and do the things. And so I, I, it was the doctor at the start to the mom, to his mom, who was like the Oliver that, I think it was something like prepare yourself. The Oliver that came back isn't, it might not be the Oliver who left. Right. And, and that was, yeah, I think a really good introduction to everything. And I mean, you can kind of see as it goes along all it's still Oliver mm-hmm. and it's also not still Oliver. I mean, right. there's still clearly Oliver there and yet he's also drastically different, mm-hmm. um, which I also think is very interesting in terms of what makes us who we are. Right. I and mean, there are definitely these things about his personality that are still kind of there. Mm-hmm. I think actually at one point he talks to, um, who does he talk to? Um, Laurel, I think. I think, yes, he was talking to Laurel and he actually talked about how um, essentially the island took away all the muck that hid who he was and she always saw the person underneath. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was an interesting description to essentially say like, yeah, there there are these parts of him that are constant throughout and yet also all of these drastic changes. Right. Right. And yeah, I thought, yeah, I just, I really thought that was interesting, but I also thought that they did a really good job of showing everyone's reaction around because, you know, going back to detective Lance, he's been mourning the loss of his daughter for so long. And all of a sudden the guy that he blamed for it, is back and alive. And this is before we find out that Sarah's also alive. Mm. This is before that. And so it's just nothing but anger. It's nothing but anger and resentment and pain. And then on the other side of that, you have Oliver's mom, who secretly was the one that knew the boat was going to sink and all this stuff. And so she has all of this these emotions going on and um then walter also has emotions going on because he's trying to not feel bad for essentially Mm -hmm. 
definitely choosing to move on after Oliver had seemingly passed and all of a sudden Oliver's back alive again. And so it they do a really good job. The only person I feel like really handles it <laughs> like no problem is his friend Tommy. Oh yeah. When he's Tommy, like Tommy just takes everything as it comes. It's been this many days since you've gotten laid last. So I suggest we do this. And I, I yeah. do love the Twilight shade that they threw at him in that one episode because it's like, oh, you should oh, yeah. you should hook up with the girl that looks like the chick from Twilight. And Oliver's like, what's Twilight? And I think Tommy's like, you're better off not knowing. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I love how they throw those things in in that first season where yeah. I forget what it is. But he's like, I actually got that reference. You know, yeah. it's like trying to catch up on things. I, yeah. I love all that. Yeah. So, okay. As he goes, so clearly he's like more Frank Castle, like vengeful, whatever, anti-hero, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so clearly that's where he starts. Um, so as he is going through the season and kind of readjusting and everything, where do you think he where do you think he turns into like an actual hero? Because obviously like at first there's like a whole death count and every, he, he doesn't it, really fit the bill at first. I, so I did keep watching past season one to try and figure out when mm -hmm. it was, it was season two because what happens is at the end of season one, um, Tommy, uh, Tommy mm -hmm. ends up dying. But before that, Tommy looks at Oliver and, and calls him a murderer. And it's something that just rings out in Oliver's head into the second season. And so he's like, my best friend died calling me a murderer. I have to do something that would make him proud. Mm -hmm. And so he changes up his thing. It's like, we got to do it differently. No more killing. Um, so you know what's interesting, though? Kind of sticks. To it. He kind of sticks to it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I definitely saw he him. Kills less. I, yeah, he kills less. Yeah, he kills less. I definitely saw a snap someone's neck in season five, like first episode. Like, oh, there you uh, well, like he he kind of ebbs and flows, right? Because you know, Razel Ghoul kind of screws him up, and then like, yeah, he he ebbs and flows with stuff. Yeah. Um, so what's interesting is it's kind of in the eye of the beholder, because yeah, I mean, there's definitely like in terms of in terms of the people who he has most immediately surrounding him, I think you're right that they they see him as a necessary evil or sometimes even someone that they don't want anything to do with and want to stop. You know, it kind of vacillates depending on the situation um, for a while until he stops, yeah, the body count. But the people in the glades... Um, because they, they kind of show people reacting and responding after maybe it's season two. Cause I, I, you, you asked me to watch a little bit of season two. So maybe it's season two, I can't remember where, but the people in the glades actually <laughs> seem like they saw him as a hero right? a lot earlier. Uh -huh. So like early season one, they're like, yeah. Um, because they were the people most directly being harmed by all of these other folks. It's it's kind of yeah. interesting because it, it depends kind of what your moral code is with those sorts of things. And, and right. that's not to, that might sound like judgment of the folks in the glaze and it's not meant to be, 
I think it's, you know, for them, there's more of a direct life or death happening. I mean, people literally died based on what those folks were doing. So it's understandable that they see, they see it more kind of in that vein. And it's a gray area that's still very much set. Comic books are are still just a a reflection of reality. Because, Mm. I mean, the people in the Glades are sitting here and they're saying, wow, this guy's killing all the people that were killing us, right? So for them, it's it's kind of like the <laughs> island for Oliver. For them, there's a killer be killed kind of thing going right. on. Right. It's like, oh, that guy's killing the people that were killing us. And I mean, honestly, that's how people look at the death penalty to this day. You know, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. well, they were killing people, so it's okay that they killed them, right? Like that's that's justice, right? That's justice, and it. That, there, there were air quotes for anyone who's not watching yes, the YouTube. When absolutely, he said that. yes. This air I quote did justice, quote unquote. Ju- yes, thank you, <laughs> thank you for making sure that because people are like, oh wow, I didn't know he was like that, but no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love Frank Castle. Like, no, it's, it's, it's bad. But uh, it's it's very it's very interesting because like it kind of reminded me of the the Nar- the Narrows in Gotham, right where. Mm. The people that live there, they're just fighting for their life day in and yeah. day out. Batman comes along and it's like he's beating the living daylights out of the uh out of these out of these villains and criminals and stuff. And I'm willing to bet some of the people in the narrows are like <sighs> really wish that guy wouldn't get paroled. Could Batman have maybe yeah. hit him a couple more times? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. there had to be someone out there yeah. that was thinking that i'm sure there's people True, in gotham yeah. that think that all the time like can batman please just kind of like you know like can- <laughs> I, I love how you're hitting on another way that this really is just batman yeah in another version not to mention also you know if you compare it to uh where is it that flash lives central city Central City. Yeah. So what when they combine, you kind of get the dark and light kind yeah. of like Gotham Metropolis kind oh, of thing. Oh, and on. they, they totally do me. that. They totally they do that so with our arrow and should. flash. They totally they do that. Really, they just desperately wanted to do a Batman show. I know, I know. <laughs> I it's just just yeah. And and it was yeah, because it and it's funny because at that time, of course, Gotham was coming on over at Fox and Gotham was giving you mm. everything except Batman. It's like, look, y'all, yep. it's Vicky Vale's niece. You enjoying that? It's like Vicky Vale's aunt. It's like Vicky Vale's aunt. And look, it's Black Mask's uncle. There he is. He's going to have a nephew one day. And that nephew going to go toe-to-toe with who you really want to see. That guy's a little kid right now. But his friend Selena, she's also a little kid. And guess what? She just got a black whip for a toy. And that's probably going to be a thing one day. Like, I just... <laughs> so I'm getting... I'm almost getting everything I want if you combine three different shows. Yep. <laughs> I'm exactly. finally it's getting like, what right. I want. <laughs> take, take Arrow. Plop him into Gotham. Yeah. Just throw him there. And then do all that other stuff. Perfection. But then yeah, don't worry perfection. about some of that. And then we're good <laughs> we're good and, and it was funny because it you had the arrowverse you had gotham on one channel you had titans on hbo and they were literally giving us everything except batman 
They even came out with, they even, in the Arrowverse, they did a Batwoman TV show. Bruce is gone. Oh, yeah. No one knows where Bruce is. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Why do you hate us? Uh, one thing I do appreciate, though, about Arrow is going back through it, you definitely see character growth. Um, you definitely see character growth. He does shy start shying away more away from the book and start concentrating more on helping people instead of I got to kill the people in this book. He's like, I have to protect the people in this city. And it flows into him Mm -hmm. becoming the mayor and trying to do things right on during the light and at night. And 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 so yeah, I do respect that they did do a good job allowing him to grow as a character, as well as all yeah. the people around him. Because one thing that I yeah. really like that they did with Diggle in particular is Diggle went off. He went and had a family, and he was like, "I'm out. I'm Jesus. out. I got a kid to raise, and my wife isn't in the Suicide Squad." anymore it was a whole thing um and and so i really i really like the way that they did that where he actually was a soup uh a, a character in this show that had a line he's like that's my line yep and i'm sticking to it it wasn't that yep. i just can't say no to this city and i have to fight and give it my all and ruin every relationship i have Diggle's like actually i got a wife and kid at home I got to go tuck my baby in. You have fun shooting bow and arrows. Diggle out. Like he was, he would dip. And I, I always respected I, that. And I think that that's him and Felicity in particular. I, I think all the characters around Oliver, he, they're like, like he was saying that the island stripped it away so you could see better. But I think there was always this very caring person underneath who really valued what the people around him had to offer. And I mean, he's stubborn. Don't get me wrong. It takes him a while, but he really takes in what all of these people are trying to do for him. And and he, I, I think in particular, Diggle was just so important in terms of him being able to come, become a hero. Mm-hmm. Diggle helps him be able to, relate himself after these experiences to the people around him who could not relate. He helped him be able to put things in perspective a lot better. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think one of the things I really love about Diggle is he does, he has these, he has these really healthy boundaries that you rarely see when it comes to all this superhero stuff right. related to what he's willing to do and not do. And he, he communicates it very clearly and succinctly and, and he sticks to his guns and in a way that most, if not all the time is just like, you just really respect. Yeah. Um, and, and I think Felicity, I mean, she too has quite a bit of that as well. She had kind of her lines that she wouldn't cross and, um, they her character ends up being a little more goofy because they want her like drooling over Arrow as he you know exercises on the bar and whatnot. But uh, despite all that, I mean, she's a very a very intelligent and just a really big force of nature in a lot of ways. And um, 
I just, I love seeing her and Diggle and how they impact Oliver and how he develops into the Green Arrow. The three of them have such a really good ebb and flow that if one of them, if one or even two of them is struggling, there's always one of them that's pointing true north. And, and it's something that often gets overlooked, especially when it comes to like uh, superhero teens. It's the value of having someone who, at least one person on the team, who has their sights where they should be, and people can kind of gather in, almost like ducks flying in a V, and we don't know who's leading the charge right now, but they all get their opportunities where it's like, no, they're right about this, and you two need to trust that one, whether it's yep. Oliver that's right, or whether it's Felicity that's right, or whether it's Diggle mm-hmm. that's right, it's almost like a rotating thing where it's like, okay, yep. one person sees the picture the way it should be seen, and they need to put their trust in that person temporarily. Yep. I wholeheartedly agree. I think that there's this really great teamwork that happens. Um, and unlike Batman, I mean, there are times where. Oliver can really struggle with that and he pulls away and he ends up doing his solo thing. And then he always comes back around to the team thing. So don't get me wrong. I mean, he's got the Bruce Wayne thing in there, but with Bruce, it's Bruce is always at the forefront. You know, who's leading the pack. Um, Yes. There's other people, but. uh, Bruce has to be proven wrong. Exactly. Teamwork. He, he more assists the team. I mean, he kind of justice leagues everything, right? Where he's yeah. like, he's an honorary member because the bill. they need him. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he puts the bill. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I do like how in Arrow there is this wonderful team approach. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just like our podcast. Yay. Thanks for nerding out with us. I'm clinical psychologist, Dr. Amelia Brown. And I'm educator and comic aficionado, Keaton Hopkins. Check out my TV and movie reviews on YouTube at TeamJVS. Check out our website at bat-therapy.com, our Bat Therapy YouTube channel, and follow us on social media. And don't forget our Patreon page at patreon.com slash bat therapy. See you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.